0: One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, and for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, why don't you say hello to one more person as you grab your seat this morning, and uh, I'm so glad to be here with you all this morning. How many of you know it's just good to be together on Easter? Isn't it good to be together? And uh, we are so glad to be here. And I want to say a special welcome to all of our guests. I know at Easter time, uh, there's always friends, family, neighbors that are with us. And we are so glad uh, that you're here. Maybe you just walked up. You heard some noise in the park and have come out this morning. Uh, We are so, so glad that you are here and hope you just feel right at home this morning. And uh, if you are joining us as a guest today, my name is Justin. Uh, I'm the pastor of One Church Park District, which is a church that meets here. Uh, As of last month, we began meeting here at the Winter Park Community Center, and uh, we are so, so glad that you are here today. And uh, we actually just made a a last-minute call this week uh, to move the service outside. We knew we may have more people than we normally do, and we wanted to make room for everybody to spread out. And uh, so can we just give a round of applause to our incredible production team that just made that happen? And uh, they, are, they are, other than Jesus, they're the heroes. And uh, I just get to show up and, and tell you guys about the good news. But uh, we're so glad that you're here. Hey, if you're a guest today, maybe you just have, have come up, you're joining us today, however you've come, uh, and you'd like to know more about our church, how to connect with our church, we would love to share with you uh, all the ways that you can connect. And uh, if you just take out your phone right now and go to our website at ocparkdistrict.com, Uh, ocparkdistrict.com. While you're going there, I'm going to make an announcement that I forgot to make, and that is that our kids, uh, up to a a sixth grade, can head on out. Is that right? Up to sixth grade. Follow this guy, Jeff. Would you give everybody a wave right there, Jeff, and Sherry, and uh, kids? You can head with them. And I know we're in the park, so it's just kind of go with the flow. But anyway, kids, you can head out. And, um, but if you go, if you're a guest today, just go to ocparkdistrict.com, click on the connection card there and, uh, enter your information. And, uh, we'd love to follow up with you to share, uh, everything that is happening. And, uh, we'd love to invite you to, to jump in with us. Uh, next week, we're going to be meeting in house churches across our city, small groups that meet in neighborhoods, uh, in parks when the weather's beautiful, like it is today. And we'd love to invite you. And then, uh, on the uh, the week after that, two weeks from today, we're going to be back here. So we'd love to invite you if you want to join us next week in house church. You can do that, uh, and then two weeks from now, we'll be back here. All right. Well, who wants to hear some good news today? Yes. All right. Well, I have some good news. Let me preface this before we get to the best news that we will give in just a moment. I want to share with you guys some good news. Uh, those of you who are a part of our church family, you know that uh, last month we shared with you that we as a church are looking for a home. Uh, We have met in parks, we have met online, we've met in rooms here, there, everywhere. We'll just get in where we can fit in. Who knows what I'm talking about? Uh, But we would love to have a building of our own, a church home of our own, and uh, we are working towards that. So I shared with you the vision that we have to get a building of our own. There's preaching happening, I think, all over the place. So you just tune in over there, tune in here, go back and forth. If you shout amen at the wrong time, I'll assume it's amen to that, okay? and. Um but uh, anyway as I was saying we we would love to have a building of our own we want to be of course mindful of of them this morning too but uh, we want to we'd love to have a building of our own I shared that with you a few weeks ago that we uh, are had been looking for a building and we set a goal of uh, of uh, three hundred thousand dollars that we are believing God to raise towards that building through an initiative that we're calling vision builders and uh, this morning I have some good news for you and that is this that as of this week We've gone under contract on a building. How many of you think that's good news? And uh, we have gone under contract on a building that is a great, great building. Uh, It has the potential to have a gathering space for about 150 people for worship and prayer and teaching and all kinds of events. It has an outdoor backyard space that we would be able to utilize, social space, all kinds of great, great spaces. Uh, But of course, any of you that have ever bought a house know that going under contract is different than closing. Who knows what I'm saying? Now, our goal, we're thrilled about going under contract, but our goal is not to just go under contract. Our goal is to close, okay? And uh, so I want to say a couple of things. First of all, again, uh, this is specifically for those who are a part of our church. If if you're not a part of our church family, we don't want anybody to feel pressure. Even if you are a part of our church family, we don't want you to feel pressure, but we do want to invite you to be a part of this. And uh, we we just believe that God is doing something and we'd love to invite you to be a part of it. And so here's a couple of things I want to ask you to do. Number one, to ask God if he would have you to give and what he would have you to give. And uh, I'm saying it this way. I'm not even going to ask you to give. I'm just going to ask you to ask God, okay? And whatever God asks you to give, uh, I want to encourage you, be faithful and be obedient to whatever God calls you to give. Uh, And so first of all, maybe you have already gotten one of these vision builder cards. If you haven't, you can grab one by the coffee over there and uh, take this home with you this week. I want to encourage you, pray about what God would have you you to give. Maybe you've already been thinking about it, but you've not made a commitment. Uh, I want to encourage you to really pray, ask God what he'd have you to give. And then the second thing is this, on May 2nd, the first Sunday in May, we're going to be meeting back here. We'll be inside on that day. And we're going to be having a special uh, vision builders offering on that day. And That'll be a day that if you have committed in your heart, you feel like the Lord stirred your heart to give something, uh, we want to ask you to bring that offering on that day. Uh, We've not done that sort of thing before, but we really believe uh, that God is working with us. And so we want to invite you to, uh, if God stirs your heart, bring your offering on that day. It's not just a financial thing. We believe it's a spiritual thing, an act of worship. And so we want to invite you to do that again. So if you've not prayed about it, if you're married, talk to your spouse about it. Uh, do that this week and then join us on May 2nd for our give day. All right. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Now you're ready for some really good news. Yeah. The best news. Okay. Well, if you have your Bible, why don't you grab it and turn with me to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I know the screens are a little hard to see in the, uh, in the sun this morning and I should have worn my, my sunglasses, but uh, anyway, I'll read it to you, and I want to read out of Colossians 3. This is like dueling preachers this morning. You guys have heard of dueling pianos this morning. This is dueling preachers this morning. He, he's doing better than me over there. I can tell already. That's stiff competition. All right. Well, if you have a Bible, Colossians chapter 3, I just want to read a few verses uh, this morning. We won't be too, too long Colossians chapter three, it says this, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Now let me pause for just a moment right there, and I want to draw your attention to the subject of this verse. Uh, You may not be an English major, but I, I think you can look with me this morning, and you may be able to tell that the subject of this verse is you. Paul says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Notice who has been raised. Who has been raised? You have been raised. You're like, that's a trick question. I thought Jesus was raised. No, that is true. Jesus has been raised. That's the good news of Easter, that Jesus has been raised. That's the greatest information that you could ever Here, Jesus has been raised. But the wonderful application of that is not only that Jesus has been raised, but that you can be raised to new life too. And that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. He goes on to say, If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. I love this verse. I love these few verses because the whole direction of this verse is an upward direction. The whole uh, direction and orientation of these few verses is pointed upwards. In fact, if you have your Bible today, just draw a little upward arrow beside these verses because that's the whole direction of these verses. And I'm glad to tell you that that's the whole direction of the gospel. That's the whole direction of the gospel. You know, religion will put a burden on you and will pull you down. Anybody ever felt that way? Religion will will burden you. Guilt will burden you. But I'm glad to tell you that the direction of the gospel is not a downward direction, but an upward direction. It's uplifting. Religion will burden you down, but Jesus will lift you up. And that is the orientation of the gospel. That's the orientation of the the good news of Jesus. It's an upward direction, an upward story. That's God's plan and that's God's purpose for every single one of us, that we would live an upward life. And how many of you know that it's hard to live an upward life in a downward world? I, I, I don't know if you realize this, but I imagine you do, that if you live in the world that we live in, life has a way of getting you down. Uh, you, if you just live according to the, the pattern of life, the pattern of this world, the way of this world, you won't end up moving up. You will end up moving down. Life just has a way of getting you down. Who knows what I'm talking about? And, uh, you know, throughout life, we can feel burdened. We can feel pulled down. Everything in life left to itself ultimately will break down. Uh, you know, even the, the uh, second law of thermodynamics and science tells us that the world is moving from order into disorder. Simply put, it means this, that the world that we live in is not improving. It is breaking down. If you don't believe me, just leave your house for about a year and look how the condition improves or not. I don't know about you, but when I leave my house for a period of time, even seems like in Florida during the summertime, even if I leave my house for an afternoon, the weeds start to invade. The bugs start to invade. You know what I'm saying? Don't act so pious. We all live in Florida. Okay? Things don't improve when left to themselves. They, they break down. How many of you know your body left to itself does not improve? Come on. <laughs> you know, they say the average man is in the best shape of his life at 23 years old. Some of us, we've seen a lot of life since then. I told my wife we were married. I was 22 when we got married. When I was 23, I said, baby, take a good long look because it's downhill from here. (laughs) That's the fact. Some of you are fighting harder harder against that than others, but the truth is we're all headed the same way. Some of us will get there faster than others. That may be a race I'll win, but we're all headed the same direction. Life is headed down. The world is headed down. Left to ourselves and to our own power, to our own tendencies. All of humanity is headed in the same direction, and that is a downward direction. And the Bible tells us the reason why, and it is this, because as Scripture has said that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I find even in my own heart at times This downward drift to doing things that I don't want to do, to do things that I know are not leading in an upward way. My own heart just seems to lead towards things that are downward. And the reality is that all of us and all of humanity, apart from Jesus Christ, are headed in the same direction. And if that was the end of the story here on this Easter Sunday, that would not be a very good direction. This would not be a very good Easter service, but I'm glad to tell you that Jesus did not leave us on our downward descent in a death spiral. But Jesus stepped in. He stepped down because ultimately, none of us could help ourselves. A person that's in the pit with you cannot help you to get out of the pit. We needed someone else to step down. Someone that didn't have the same downward tendencies, someone that didn't have the same fallen nature that you and I do. And that's why God sent Jesus. And Jesus stepped down, the only upright person who has ever lived. The only person that was not pulled down under the weight of sin and sinful tendencies. And he stepped down as an upright man in a downward world. Then he lived an upright life, but he was pulled down, beat down, broke down ultimately laid down and nailed down onto a sinner's cross and laid down into a borrowed tomb. He's the only person that could ever borrow a tomb because he knew he wasn't going to need it very long. He knew he was going to return that tomb and so he was laid down. But the good news is that you can't keep a good man down. And Jesus, three days later, rose from the dead, victorious over death and hell and the grave, victorious over everything internal and external that would seek to pull your life down from God's plan and purpose for your life. The good news of the gospel is this that through Jesus Christ, you can live an upward life even in a downward world. You no longer have to live under the pull of death. You no longer have to live under the pull of our own humanity, but we can live. That's why Paul says this. If you've been raised to life, seek those things which are above. God's plan for your life is upward. Everything that God has for you is up. God's plan for your marriage, if you're married, is up. God's plan for your children, if you have children, is up. God's plan for your health and your body ultimately is a resurrection upward direction. God's plan for your mind is not to be pulled down by depression and anxiety and fear and turmoil in your mind. God's plan over your finances is not for you to be pulled down under poverty or under lack. God's plan for everything in your life is up. It's up. That's why the Apostle Paul says this that I press toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's call and purpose for your life is up. God's call for our nation is up. God's call for our city is up. God's call for your home is up. God wants your life to move in an upward direction. And I believe today that God can bring you to a turnaround moment. God wants every single one of us, even in this world, to stand out. You may feel like sometimes you can't fit in in this world. Well, you shouldn't fit in. You should feel like somebody that's heading the opposite direction because everybody else is heading down. But we're going to head up, not because of our own ability, but because of God's ability in our lives. Aren't you thankful for that? Yeah. Amen. Who wants to move up? Who, who's already way too up? You just need a little down downer this morning. If you're by that person, punch him in the arm, pull him down, beat him down a little bit. All of us, God wants us to move up. And so I want to share with you today a few keys, or the Apostle Paul, I believe, gives us a few keys to moving up. The first thing I believe that we need to do if we want to experience the upward life, the resurrection power of Jesus in this downward world is number one, we need to have upward priorities. Upward priorities. The apostle Paul says it this way, if you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek things that are above. When he says, seek those things that are above, he's talking about... chasing things that are not just temporal things, not just downward things. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having a nice house or a bigger house or a nice car or a nice body or a nice job or a nice retirement or a nice vacation. There's nothing wrong with having those things. But let me tell you this, ultimately, all of those things are temporal. Ultimately, none of those things will give you the satisfaction that you're ultimately longing for. That's why you find so many people that climb to the top of the financial ladder or the ladder of fame or the ladder of success or the ladder of whatever it is that they were trying to achieve. They get to the top only to find out that they've been climbing the wrong ladder. Why? Because they're living for things that are etern- or temporal rather than that which is eternal. And Paul says this, if you want to live an upward life, you need to seek things that are above. You need to have upward priorities. You need to chase things that that are moving the direction of your life upward. The Bible says this in the book of Ecclesiastes, that God has put eternity into our hearts. Eternity into our hearts. There's a longing in our hearts and our lives that ultimately no amount of money, no amount of fame or fortune or followers or uh, anything else in this world that can ultimately satisfy. Why is that? Because there's eternity in our hearts, a longing for life with God, a longing that only God can fulfill. That's why Jesus said this, I've come that you can have life and life to the full life, abundant life to the full, eternal life. I believe this, that eternal life is not just a quantity of life, but a quality of life. That means this, that you don't have to wait until your heart stops beating to experience eternal life. When you put your faith in Jesus, you begin to live an upward life, even in this life. You get a little bit of heaven now and a whole lot of heaven to come. How many of you want a little sample of what's to come? Amen. I love samples. I'm hoping they'll bring them back at Costco, a sample. Have you been lately? You just look through the glass. I lick the glass. The head security, take me out. (laughs) Paul says you need to live with upward priorities. Or as Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. So we need to have, number one, upward priorities. Number two, we need to have upward thoughts. Here's what Paul says if you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your mind. On things above. In other words, you may be raised, but you can still have a downward thought pattern. You may have an upward direction in Christ, but you're still being pulled down by your thinking. How many of you know that if you think something long enough, you're going to begin to move towards it? Or you could say it this way your life follows the direction of your dominant thoughts. Have you ever been driving down the road and you feel you start thinking about wow that those cars are coming really close to me and, and it's like man it's pulling you in that's a weird statement I know I'm sorry but <laughs> what what am I talking about I'm talking about your mindset I'm talking about your mindset and Paul says this you have the ability and you have the responsibility I have the responsibility to set my mind and you can be in a downward world, but not have a downward mindset. Yeah. You, you don't have to have a downward state of mind. You can be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. I know sometimes at my house, when I've got a lot on my mind, I'll be sitting at the dinner table, and suddenly I get this blank stare over my face, and I'm off in some other place doing something else. Sometimes on Saturdays, I'm thinking of my sermon for Sundays and I'm standing up preaching my sermon, but I'm actually sitting at my dining room table and my my family says, dad, dad, snap out of it. Where are you? I go, whoa, I was here, but my mind was there. Now that's confession to you guys. You shouldn't do that at your dinner table and I shouldn't either. But my point is this, that you can be in a place, but have your mind set somewhere else. We can be in this world, but not have our minds set on this world. That's why the Apostle Paul says this, that we are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But how many of you know that new thinking requires new information? New thinking requires new information, If you fill your mind with the same information that everybody else in the world fills their mind with, you're going to head in the same direction as everybody else in the world. How many of you know that the world is filled with bad news that will fill you with fear, but God's Word is filled with good news that will fill you with faith. The world is filled with problems, and if we allow our mind to be filled and inundated with those problems, we will live a life of fear and turmoil. That doesn't mean that we're to be ignorant of the world that we live in, but there's a difference between being in it and being controlled by it. And Paul's saying this, if you want to live an upward life, you've got to have upward thoughts. You've got to learn to set your mind on things above. Maybe there's some thought patterns that you've allowed to, to become the norm in your life. And today you need the power of Jesus to break you out of that downward direction and inward into an upward movement, an uprising in your spirit today. Paul says, set your mind on things above. That's why he says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Dwell on these things. You know, again, we shouldn't be ignorant of the world we live in and the challenges of the world. But let me tell you this, if you're perpetually scrolling your feed... You're going to be filled with anxiety and fear and depression. But if you learn to meditate on the Word of God, you begin to, rather than saying, look at all the problems, you begin to say, God, thank you for all your promises. Thank you, God, that regardless of the economy, my life is headed up. God thank you that, that, that I don't have to be ruled by fear but God I thank you Lord that even in, even though my body is frail and ultimately will break down God thank you for the promise of eternal life through Jesus. We have to set our minds on things above. The third thing Paul says is this he goes on to say, therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. He's talking about the parts of our bodies. Which are, the, which, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires. As I read yours, if you would just stand to your feet this morning. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's about to get real. Okay. Evil desire, covetous, which is idolatry. He goes on to say this, but now you yourselves are to put off. Everybody say put off these things anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on, everybody say put on, the new man. Paul is saying this, not only do you need to have upward priorities, not only do you need to have upward thoughts, but you also need to have upward habits. You need to put off some old things that will pull you down, and you need to put on some new things in line with your identity. The, the The language he uses when he says put off and put on literally means like you would throw off an old set of clothes, old dirty clothes, and you'd put on new clothes. Now, you guys look really great this morning. Some of you, maybe you've got a new outfit. Maybe you ha- Still have your 2020 Easter outfit that you brought out today. So we squeezed into. But we all know what it is to put off and put on. And, and, and we all know that what we clothe ourselves in determines how we feel. We reveal a lot about ourselves by how we how we dress, right? And Paul is saying this, more than physical clothes, more than your favorite store designer, whatever it is, more than any of that, you need to be clothed. He says, put on the new man in Christ. You see, every single one of us has an old person, an old man, an old woman, an old nature, an old identity. And he says this, you can put off those things and you can put on the new identity in Christ. I don't know if you remember in school. There were, you identified with a certain group by who you dressed with. Who knows what I'm talking about? I, I don't know. Depending on when you were in school, maybe the groups were a little different. Maybe jocks, and I remember skaters, and kind of. Then there was band nerds. All kinds of different groups of people, and you identified with your group by how you dressed. And what Paul is saying here is you may not feel like a new person. You may not feel righteous. You, not, you may not feel holy. You may feel like you've got some guilt and some shame and some, some old rags of the past that just keep holding on to you. But Paul's saying you need to throw it off. Yeah. Throw it off. Then you need to put on the new man in Christ. Yeah. How many of you know when you put on something new you feel pretty good. And when you feel good, you begin to act good. Now, we can never act good enough for God. We can never earn God's acceptance through how we act. But when we begin to put on our new identity, we begin to live a new life. We begin to live a new life. I was talking to somebody before the service, and they were talking about their son that's put on a suit today. And they said, you know, I can tell he kind of feels good. He, he's got a Got his head up. You can tell he feels good. And I believe that God wants us to feel that way today. That maybe there's been some things from your old life, maybe even from the time you were a child, that people spoke over you. You'll never be this. You'll always be that. Maybe guilt over your past mistakes seems to, to clothe you. But I believe today we can put off the old and put on the new. We can make the decision to to not just dress down, but to dress up. To dress up because we're headed up. Everything God has for you is up. The direction of the gospel is up. The direction of God's plan and purpose for your life is up. And I believe even today that the Holy Spirit is moving in this place. The Holy Spirit's moving across the field. The Holy Spirit's moving in our hearts, drawing us up today, and I want to ask you if you would, worship team, you can come back up. I want to ask everybody else if you would just to stand up. We're going to wrap up, stand up, wrap up in just a moment. But I want to ask you if you would just to stand up this morning. I know.